Is that you, Stephen? Hello, mate. <laughs> I'm just thinking, you know, there's yeah. what are some like if people had seen like I've got some quirky little habits. You and, do, uh, yeah, I do. What a shock! And if someone had seen seen me doing this, it's be this one little thing that people could actually see me. Is doing. this in the car? Where is it? Where no, are it's they near seen? the car. Actually, near okay. the car. Yep. I bought because you know I look after my car, I like my car. Mm. I bought a a front door mat for to place near my car, so when I get into the car, I can wipe my feet. So there's no at home. So okay. when the dry, in my driveway under my carport there, mm-hmm. there's a if you next time you come over look, there's a little like a, normally a, a rug, you know, the front door mat that you mm-hmm. wipe your feet on. Mm-hmm. I've got one of them next to my car, so I wipe my feet. So there's no because you think about it, you put a lot of crap in your car. I could have, mate. If I'd have thought of <laughs> two hundred <laughs> ideas of weird things you do, yeah, mate, that wouldn't that have been. Might, a lot. I don't know if that's quirky, but I thought, yeah, you know, it's different, mate. You don't look after your car that well. Look at me! I bought one and I kept it in the garage. Yeah, no, I, I've got mine in the carport. Mine's out no, of it car. hasn't. It's it's it lives yeah, in the garage. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't driven. One hundred and fifty-four yeah, k's. Yeah. The old Carney's done. It's great. Um, well, uh, what's one quirk? What, what's a quirky habit of yours? I'm not sure. I. Oh, you'd have to ask my wife. Should we get her on the line? Um, <laughs> oh, imagine that. Um, that should be a show. Our, <laughs> our wives <laughs> talking about us. Get our wives on the line. Tell them some stories about us. That'd imagine be... if we just left them with headsets and walked yeah, away. Yeah. <laughs> And then, and then Two wives we, uh, we only got to listen wow. after it was up. Wow. Mate, that'd be that'd be solid. My wife would not have very many good things to say. <laughs> I won't lie. Last night she... Um, yeah, my, yeah. So I put... Uh, <laughs> it's cold, right? And I don't actually have a lot of jackets. I don't okay. have a lot of cold winter stuff. Right. Um, but I have uh, a hoodie that the boys at the Daily Talk Show, a great podcast, they're good blokes, Josh and Tommy, they sent me a hoodie with Daily Talk Show. And yep. I said, I'm wearing it, and it's around the house. Yep. And Amanda looks at me and goes, that's too small for you. And I went, oh, I'm like, okay, <laughs> What are you sorry. trying to say? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm aware of my size. Thank you. I haven't yeah. left the house in it. Yeah. Anyway, so she's at Target last night. She goes, I'll buy you. She said, do you need anything? I said, yeah, I need a jumper. She goes, buy it yourself. I said, you're there. Any chance you're just doing it for me? a very deep voice, you want. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so she buys me a, a hoodie and a, and a, jack, and a jumper. And yeah. she comes home last night. I'm sitting at the dining table watching Netflix and just doing yeah. some work. And she's unpacking the kids' clothes. And I went, where's mine? She goes, here. And I went, oh, she goes, I'm putting it on. She goes, don't put it on. i got to wash it. I what? said, I'm just wash it I'm first. cold. Really? Okay. She goes, you'll get coronavirus. <laughs> I said, oh, give it a rest. <laughs> give it a rest. Yeah. She's filthy that I put it on without washing. I got not. Uh, Joe bought me, um, like, my, because at night I wear, like, a little, like, a sloppy Joe and tracksuit pants. Like, winter, <laughs> instead of wearing pyjamas. At home, at, after, at home, after dinner, yeah, you get changed. What do you wear at home? <laughs> that just sounds funny, that's all. Because I just wear, like, I just wear, like, a T-shirt and a yep. sloppy joe uh-huh. and, and a pair of tracky dacks. Yep. That, that's in my PJs. Right, that's yeah. my nightwear. Okay. And a little pair of slippers. <laughs> I need new slippers, too. I've got to buy new slippers. But she bought it for me this year. She goes, oh, yeah, yeah she's supposed to go, yeah, I need some new, new winter gear. I said, last year's were fine. She goes, no, you're throwing those out. <laughs> I went, okay. Hammer. So, yeah. so the new ones, yeah, it was good. So I is like that, that, that your pyjama wear? Is that like around the house wear or yeah. in bed as well? No, no, in bed, just a T-shirt. Winter time, just a T-shirt and and underpants. <laughs> TMI, too much this, information. Oh, well, what do you wear? Are you, uh, and plus, I've got to, like in winter, I, I don't use electric blanket. I'm thinking no, I'm, no. Wa- I'm hot enough. I'd love to have an electric blanket, enough. but Amanda is 100% no on electric blankets. Okay. Or some, Joe, Joe doesn't mind it's the electric just blanket. A, ha, mate, well, so what I do you wear a bit? T-shirt? Are you a T-shirt man? No T-shirt. Yeah? Just... <laughs> <laughs> just pajama bottoms. Okay. 
Right. I'm not fair allowed call. to go stark bollocky. Is that right? Not allowed. Not allowed. Okay. Yeah, fair call. <laughs> it's not allowed. Fair and call. you know what? I've got mirrors. I know why. <laughs> fair call. <laughs> um, you, someone... haven't a, you haven't got a mirror on the ceiling. No. <laughs> you wake up to this nude skydiver oh, every morning. Oh, imagine. <laughs> wow. <Hey. laughs> um, someone, yeah, so we did get a little bit of... Um, no, it was it wasn't abuse. It wasn't it wasn't even critical feedback. Just someone in the man cave said, uh, "I've been listening for twenty minutes for the private scene, and they're still talking about Seinfeld. Does it get uh, any better?" Oh, is that like right? That. <laughs> okay, I think he then we'll happily give your slot to someone else. <laughs> yeah. You don't like it? <laughs> Actually, that demand. Pretty, pretty much what everyone said. They were like, "Well, you know, just beware they're, they're, they're yeah. full, so yes. you know, you might get kicked out." Yes, and I could, and just to be clear, I can boot people. Oh. I've looked at how it works. I can okay. actually just delete okay. you. Okay, so we like can be like benevolent and, dictators. And get this, yeah. because every individual has their own RSS feed. Oh. When I boot you, you're booted. All right. In fact, you won't get the podcast. You'll have to resubscribe <laughs> to the oh, public really? podcast. So it's not just the private feed booting. It's total. Yeah, it, it would. It would totally be, it would be one, that, one one one. Right off. Yeah, that right <laughs> off. Yeah, sorry about the sign for reference. Um, but <laughs> the, it, w- it would deprive you of the the public feed. But you'd have to resubscribe. So if you were to lose your place for any reason or volunteer away your place okay. um, you would need to resubscribe just, to the public just show. to let you guys know listening hmm. and gals are there any there's some women listening to uh, there's a few females a couple. yeah yep. just to let you all know you are a limited the limited numbers Exclusive we've club. got are you're very lucky to be in your slots hmm. we've had to turn away many people yeah so um, we've over the week last week I've had to cut and paste my response <laughs> saying look unfortunately this is but stay tuned if there's spaces arise yeah. I feel like I'm at a restaurant asking yeah. trying to someone wants a more table than, more than ten people Seinfeld's four <laughs> so uh, yeah I say can't I like <laughs> so can't stop, stop with the Seinfeld references we can't help it <laughs> but that's what is uh, that's what it's like I've had and people have said oh I would love to be on the feed I'm, look I'm sorry we can't fit you in right now but. If spaces have come up, then you'll be the first to know. Now, you asked me about Alan Jones. Yeah, okay. Tell now, me when about, he announced his AJ. retirement, I actually started writing, uh, not an article, like a little you know, think piece, if you mm. want to go, yeah. uh, which I thought might have been interesting to, say, the, the radio publications. Yeah. And then as soon as I got like halfway through it, I thought, I'm just going to seem like a wanker jumping on to this yeah. whole bit. So I just walk away. Okay. But I think for our for, for our conversation, it's completely fine. Yeah. So but, but the kind of headline in my head was, Alan Jones cost me the job of a lifetime. <laughs> no, and, and I have no regrets. Okay. Yeah. So what happened was, I was assistant program director at 2GB for, I don't know. Assisted to Assisted who? to John Brennan. Wow. So John Brennan okay. is the doyen of He's talk the radio. He's the kingmaker. He is the kingmaker. He yeah. created the Alan Jones. He essentially yeah. found John Laws. Um, he 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 created wow. talk radio in Australia. Yeah. Uh, broadly. I mean, Mike Walsh, other people. Yeah. But he's the man. He's the legend uh, who Alan Jones, the only person that Alan Jones specifically called out in his yeah, retirement exactly, yeah. um, announcement. Um, so I was assistant program director to Breno. Breno's job was to keep Alan at bay. And, you know, <laughs> if, any, if there was any issues, talk to Alan. My job was to do everything else, you know, yeah. uh, roster the program, um, the staff, uh, all, all the panel operators, yep. promotions, sales. And critically, I was also an assistant producer for Ray Hadley for a long time. So I was Hadley's guy. I was the guy yep. that could, you know, if there was drama, I'd, I'd be the one to tell Hadley. Um, and yep. the, the, the way that worked was simply, you know. So you'd break the news to Hadley that something's doing and you got to do or, something. Or, or I'd give him the news that he needed to do something differently and he'd Ooh. get very angry about it. The same way I would never <laughs> say that to Jones. Breno would do that. Okay, so Breno, if, right. if you know, if Jones was rabbiting on about the same thing for two weeks in a row, Breno would go in and say, "Listen, Alan, 
enough, Alan, my boy. Enough with the enough with that thing. Yeah. And Alan would be, oh, that'd be ridiculous. It's cr-. but over the course of a week, it'd taper off. Yeah, right. Same with just Hadley. a heads up. You listen. Hadley will never admit it, but that's that was my job was to say, you know, listen, yeah. we, we've actually got a bit of concern about this. This has been happening yeah. or whatever. We probably need to just you know, yeah, right. move on. Okay. Um, and he'd get angry at so me. You, Two <laughs> days I'd be I'd be in purgatory and then we'd yeah, all move on. Then you're all happy. But critically also, that created camps, right? So because I came from the Hadley show, in I was in management, but I was from the Hadley show. I was in the Hadley camp. Yeah. And all the Jones team were in the Jones camp. They, oh, they, really? they, were, they were, you know, they were factions. Yeah. Right. But over the time, <laughs> a lot of things happened. So my job was to say roster holidays, you know, okay. and the, the job is very easy because everyone takes holidays for six weeks at the end of the year. That's yeah. it. You just take your holidays. Yep. All of them. Everyone goes through See their holidays. Yep. And Jones, I remember one time Jones had a, had a new staff member start in, let's say, September. Yeah. And he's taking six weeks holidays. And I'm like, dude, you only get to take three because you've only earned two. Yeah, yeah. Um, you need to work two and then, yeah. you, know, you know, you need to work on the summer shows for a bit and earn your annual leave for next year. Fair call. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> oh. I've still got the memos oh. uh, from Alan. Alan would write memos like... Oh, so he was going no, to bat for the staff member to get yes. the holiday. Trevor, right. I don't think you understand how this works. My people, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, heavy, heavy, okay. heavy stuff. Yeah. I had plenty of... And what did you do then? Would you give those memos to Breno and he'd look after it? Why would that come to you again then? Oh, no, that'd go to the CEO. That'd be a... Someone would oh, okay. have to tell Alan that yeah. we'll sort it out, but he needs to understand. So someone more important than you had to tell him. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? Oh, no, I'd reply. No, yeah. no, I'd, I'd oh, okay. reply. But, right. and we, I, I've got memos from him saying, Trevor, you're on the wrong tram. Yeah? Uh-huh. So Alan Still got him. Alan didn't think I was a very good people person. Oh. He was probably very right, oh. um, because my job was just to yell at people and to create, you know, yeah. solutions to problems. Okay. And it wasn't really—I'd never been taught how to be a you're, manager. You're a problem solver. Um, yeah. uh, certainly, at 2GB in those days, there was no HR department. There was no yeah. process of management. There bit was like, no. Be like News Limited back in the eighties. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. when you got a, a promotion, you didn't get training. You didn't, you know, anything. Yeah, exactly. So I was not renowned by Alan as a people person. So when Breno announced his retirement from radio, yeah. Uh, the CEO, then CEO, Angela Clark, came into our office, mine and Breno's. Breno yeah. was somewhere else. And she sat down and she says, Breno's announced your retirement. Uh, and Peter Brennan, his son, is going to be the program director. And I just went, oh, you fucking what? Yeah, right. <laughs> and she, like I said, well, I'm done. Thanks. I'm out. You know, see you later. So where, where, oh, hang on. <laughs> so Peter's his son. Yes. Where was he working? He was actually at 2GB at the time. He was running the digital department. So he ran all the podcasts. Right. <clears throat> anyway. And so you're number two to Breno. And this, this, he pole vaulted over you. He yes. leapfrogged you. Yes. And I get on very well with Peter now. Don't worry. We're yeah, all good. Yeah. And Brenna, everyone. Um, but at the time, I'm like, are you kidding me? Uh, is this happening? And Hadley lost his mind because, you know, I was his guy and I was uh, next in line and oh, wow. it didn't go well, right? Okay. So there was a lot of a lot of fractured times oh, for, for wow. everyone. But Angela that. said to me, she said, no, I don't want you to leave. Um, she offered me, oh, I was general manager. Anything I wanted, basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then then we agreed that you know what I just I'm just going to do my little thing in my little corner. I'll be the executive. I made the title up. I'll be the executive producer of sport and special events. So I produced the Olympics and the football, yeah, yeah. and off I went and anything else. Anyway, so time goes by and I I leave. I go to SBS a couple of years later. Because and then I learn at SBS that that's not how you work. <laughs> <laughs> I go through HR training, uh, uh, bullying yeah. and harassment training, everything uh, you can do at a normal organisation. Yeah, I go through these trainings and 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 I t- it turns out I found out I don't know when I found out, but I found out I think Breno told me, or, or someone might have been Angela, but some, in the end someone told me a few years later that essentially it was because Alan didn't think I was a people person uh-huh. that I didn't get the job. Wow, and you know what he was right. 
yeah. would have just gone on being the same shitty manager uh, I was as the program director. Wow. Takes a lot to admit that. Yeah. Oh no. But you know why? Because when I went to SBS, I you know we just in the course of general usage, not for any reason, yeah. we did offsites for management training, and you yeah. do all these analysis of your skills and da 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 da, and you learn how you fit within a team and yeah. why I'm here Where and Alex is there and Mark's here and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And I yeah. learned a lot about my myself as a manager and, and all yeah. those things. And then I had a boss come in uh, called Dirk Anthony. He, he was from England, uh, Aussie guy, but from England. He came over to be the director of radio. And he was great. We got on really well. I was doing Your Tech Life on the radio at yep. the time, still at 2GB. <clears throat> Dirk would... Even when you were at SBS. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. So I was still doing the radio show. I remember and coming on that show. You, yeah, me yeah, yeah, And David Flynn David came Flynn on. at Christmas time, I think. Yeah. And yeah, um, so and Dirk, I remember when you, you asked me to come on. I said, "Yeah, I said, whatever, I'll come on." I feel sorry, I feel sorry for you. I'll come whatever, on, mate. <laughs> so Dirk and I would have our weekly catch-ups. So I'm in charge yeah. of the budgets for the entire business, you know, and we would have to go through that. But he yeah. would just go, "What's happening?" And then he'd go, "How's the radio show?" We'd spend five minutes talking about my job, and then half an hour to an hour talking about my radio show. Uh, what I'm doing in tech, Dirk told me and made me, in fact, made it part of my kind of, not my actions at SBS, but part of our agreement that I would have coffee with someone in the tech industry every two weeks Okay. at the SBS cafe. Right. So I'd, I never, I never met with people. That was into I, tech then. I never, I was, I was already in the game. I was already doing the shows and podcasts. Yeah, and all then you were, into, you were interested in tech, just like I was interested in tech even when Correct. I was sports But editor. I didn't have yeah. the relationships with, you know, yeah. uh, Intel, Apple for example. Same, I Samsung. can clearly remember sitting down with Kate Burley from Intel and Anna Torres yeah. at the SBS Cafe explaining to me the difference between an i3, I3 and i5 and i7, <laughs> right? And yeah. it stuck with me ever to yeah, this day. yeah. yeah. And if it wasn't for Dirk saying, yes, have those meetings, it'll yeah. make you a better person and you'll grow and da-da-da. Mate, unbelievable. And wow. during that time, we learned about coaching and managing people. And that's why I say that today, I'd be a much better manager at that organization. Yeah. It, it, and so Alan, Alan would be back. blown away by what a, per, what <laughs> a people manager I am okay, now. Good. Compared He's to, probably listening, so oh, you yeah, let him know. For mate. sure. <laughs> but, it, but it's a weird thing because you go, you know what, there was time where I was like filthy at the world. But you know what? Alan... He, he was probably right. At that time, he, he was No, right. no, he wasn't probably right. He was 100% yeah, right. Wow. Okay. He made the right decision, okay. uh, even though it didn't come through properly and all those things. It was wow. unbelievably the right decision. And he and I get on well today. Yeah. I've seen him in the last, uh, last couple of months, and I, t- I sent him a text the other day at his retirement and everything, and he replied that night. He goes, you know what, thanks for your support. Da, da, da. Mates forever or something like that. He's oh, just nice. a lovely bloke. And Very nice. And he hasn't, like, he doesn't, he doesn't, probably doesn't remember any of that. Yeah. He probably doesn't remember that. Yeah. But... It was. I it's think defining. Would. It's defining yeah. because you think you're. You think you're buddy immortal. You think you're the greatest. Yeah. And you're entitled to something, but you're not. You're not exactly until you've no. it. I'll tell you my Alan Jones story. I remember getting when I was sports editor of the telly. Um, I was sports editor for three years after I was deputy sports editor for a few years. Anyway, yeah. and I was sports editor, and I remember getting a phone call from Alan Jones. Yeah. I, I go, hello. He goes, Stephen. Alan Jones here, and I went, oh, "G'day, mate." <laughs> and he was saying, he was, "I'm just trying to remember the name of the tennis player." He was talking about a female tennis player. Her name will come to me, and she was saying just how how he was saying how terrific she is, and she's a real talent. She deserves a bit more space in the paper, and it'd be great to do a story about her. And this was his that that's what yes, he does. That's that, what he does. That, he he tries to sort of help push people, yeah. get some more exposure for people. I'm just trying to think of the name. It'll come to me. 
And uh, I think, okay, mate, yeah, we'll, well, I'll chat to our tennis writer, who I think was Leo Schlink at the time, who was uh, travelling the world, covering all the tournaments. Yeah. And, and I think, okay, well, I appreciate you, the heads up, mate, and uh, we'll see what we can do. Goes, oh, thanks, thanks, mate. Terrific. Have a great day. Well, and that was it. It yeah. was like a 45-second phone call. Because it's funny that of all the memos I've still got, because I've kept a lot of crap from those days, <laughs> um, and I looked through them It's all going to come out the book. In my head, book, oh, mate. mate! In my head, I had a lot of negative memos from Alan, but I only had like two, maybe three. The rest of them were, um, "Can you can you look into this for me?" And because he responds to every email, right? So yeah. back in the day, I ran the two GB website, and so yeah. people would go, "The live stream doesn't work," or da da da, uh. and he just forwarded to me and print it. Get printed out. It, uh, uh, he dictates a memo, then Bryony or whoever it was at the time would type it up, and it would come on Alan Jones' letterhead Piece and say, "Dear Trevor." Can you please look into this for me? Or you're you're a guru at these things. This is over to <laughs> you or whatever, you know? Yeah, well. They were overwhelmingly positive. And you know what? Again, looking back at it the other night, that pile of memos, my memory was uh, Alan Jones cost me the job. But actually, Alan Jones knew exactly what I did, what my strengths were. Yeah. It was, you know what, helping people with the, the stuff that I did yeah, the gadgets, the, the details, any of those things. There was the even times guy. where there was something written in the paper about the website or something, and he'd go, "I thought you might like it. You'd be interested in this." Uh, I'm like, "Yeah, I saw it, but thank you." Yeah. You know, he, yeah, he, he, he he's, knew his uh, stuff. Well, yeah, he's, he's love him or hate him. He's he's kind of a one of a kind broadcaster in terms of his Absolutely. attention to detail and yep. his his um. What I found in the days when after his announcement of retirement was all were all the people who were saying, "Oh, just thank just thanking him for him them him getting." Involved in their causes, and we'll never really change, know the number you know. of people that he just wrote a check for. Yeah. He's a bloke with millions of dollars, yeah. not just from radio, but he's got he uh, he owns horses yeah. that make more money when really? they have sex than well <laughs> making three years, right? Wow. You know, big that time right? stud like horses. Is that yeah, right? shit. Um, isn't it Reduce okay. Choice or something? Like Readout's is that his horse? Readout's Choice. I'm pretty sure yeah. he's in, he, yeah, wow. yeah, a part owner. Yeah, um, wow. Anyway, he's got he's he's a wealthy man, yeah, and yeah. he has. I'm pretty sure he doesn't have a nest egg sitting there. I'm sure yeah. he's well, yeah. but he, mate, he's written checks for people, yeah, right. sports stars, you know, people that have that have needed. And I mean, just a very generous bloke that, mm. unfortunately, you know, has said some things which he said in 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 the very first night of the announcement. He said, you know, he he said things that he regrets and he shouldn't have done and da da da. But I don't think, and I'm not defending him at all. But I'm saying that we've got the we've got the luxury here on this little device that I sit in front of me. If I said something that you thought was outrageous. At the end you of it, could, you'd you say, mate, take it. that yeah. out. Yeah. And he's doing live radio. He's doing yeah. live radio. <coughs> yeah. What is it, 20 hours a week? Yeah. Uh, it's pretty hard. And yeah, unfortunately, yeah. the things that we, we all have nature said in our lives about, you know, different yeah. things come out. And unfortunately, that just Yeah, I know. Well and and um, one one thing, and look, I've got the greatest respect for the bloke. I think he's got a tremendous work ethic. Yeah. He's got a, um, he's really sort of, if he believes in something, he believes in it. Like, that's it. Yep. Um, but there's one thing I noticed in all the things he was pulled up on, they were all against women. Yeah. Yeah. That's which, kind which of doesn't that, look that, good. That was sat pretty badly go, and made it worse at the time. But I tell you why why I, <clears throat> I'm not discounting that, but why I, I sort of balance that is saying, I just don't think a, an attack on a man gets as much. No. It doesn't doesn't course, yeah, doesn't yeah. get listed on a whiteboard as of the course. things Alan Jones yes, says. Totally. But I'm trust me, he said some pretty awful things oh, yeah. to people I bet. on the radio. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, that, yeah. that would that would sit alongside those yeah, things to male politicians Correct. and stuff. Yeah, no, Which, I agree. But it's just that it stands out, and that's wow. that's something. I'm to, sure me, he to me, in my career, like Alan Jones is kind of the big figurehead person in your early career. Yeah. For me, in my early career, that person for me was uh, Col Allen, oh, yeah, who was the big, who was the editor of the telly. 
He was the became editor in chief, and then he went over to the New York Post and totally turned it around. Yeah, right. New York Post was in the gutter. He he, he introduced because the the Daily Telly in the in the early nineties was the very first paper to go color. Right, because we we were black and white. Yeah. We were black and white, so we went color in the early nineties. So we were the the Murdoch Press test bed for color. So right. they all the presses at Chilora were cut over and. It was quite an ordeal to get colour in the in the in the pa- in the papers, and he he took that to the New York Post, made it colour, and totally revolutionised the the papers. He, circulation went up a mile. Isn't but amazing. Him in my career was was one of the best journalists that I, that in the game yeah. was editor, but one of the most like reviled as well. Like he was. He was so abrupt, and and would would you'd, you'd think, and oh, getting a bollocking from Col Allen was like a rite of passage. Yeah. I had a few of them when oh, I, yeah. I was sports. He wasn't editor when I was sports editor. Campbell Reed was editor, and Steve Howard was editor. But when I was deputy sports editor, so I'd be in the chair when mm. the sports editor was there. He was editor, and man, if I mate, I copped some bollockings off him, some that peeled the paint off the walls, mm. and was just. <laughs> but then I remember one time saying to him, I said, "Look, you know what." Yell at me as much as you want, but teach me something. Yeah. I said, that's, that's said to him, and he stopped short and went, <laughs> I said, look, you're yelling at me, but I want to walk out of here learning something. Teach me something about what you're yelling me about. And he, and he, from that moment on, I remember our, our relationship wow. changed. Because I remember him saying, he sort of took me under his wing a little bit after that. Right. And I said to him, that's what, and, and, and he sort of stopped and he went, okay, well, do this. And I went, all right, okay, good. And so I walked out of there not, you know, I've seen him reduce cadets to tears yeah. and, you know, just one of those guys, but was a brilliant journalist. So smart. Yeah. And from that point onwards, he became, like, I became, then I, when I became sports editor and I, when I was deputy sports editor, I remember him saying to me, I said, and I had this sort of relationship with him where everyone feared him, but I sort of got on with him. Like, I was playing, I was playing footy at the time as well, so I was kind of. He would ask me about how's the footy going and all this sort of stuff. And I remember him sitting me down one time, asked, sort of was sort of his little mentor sort of chat with me. I remember him saying, "He goes, look, you're at an age now where you can make a decision about how the rest of your career is going to pan out." There's a there's a decision you can make now, because I, I was working in sport and I was kind of I was pretty young for sort of the senior staff of sport. I was pretty yep. young coming through, yeah, yeah. and he said, "Look, you got a great opportunity. If you want to sort of take this, take the bit in your teeth and give a crack, you got a great opportunity." And he was right. I became a sports editor and did pretty well. He said, "I remember, never forget what he said to me. He said, you know what? You got a choice. You can live in the small house or the big house. Which would you prefer? Yeah. You can make that choice right now." And it's always sat with me. I've even used that talk with my kids. So you can you can choose right now how you want to live your life. That's how if you want that's your goal, set your goal that way. And I'll never forget it. He was as as much as he was feared and I will never forget whenever he was not at work, right? It was yeah. he was crook or something, everyone would say it's a CFD. Cold free, free day. day. <laughs> <laughs> so we'd be all walk around, relax, and sort of, you know, everyone sort of, no, no one's going to get a bollocking or nothing. <laughs> no one's going to walk. You know. So it, it was quite funny on that. But, but I, did, I did find him, though, to be, he sort of gave me these little these pearls of wisdom and just really, he sort of said to me, got through to me that if I, you know, you want, you have a go here, you're going to do well. Yeah. And that's, that, that I'll never forget it.
It's yeah. amazing. I, 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 it's, I assume, so we're talking about the media, but I assume those things happen in the real world as well. Yeah. I know I say the real world because, you know, the media is a bubble. But, yeah. you know, I think there's a, there's a likely challenge with young people outside of, you know, a, a formal work structure, you know, about mentorship. And mm. do they have that kind of uh, aspirational, you know, exactly. pushes from other people? And like you said before, <laughs> at TGB, there, when you were there, what, HR, what's that? Like, there was no, nothing. Mate, like, and even even me, like when I was talking about Kyle Allen, the stuff that he did, <laughs> mate, he would, the HR would have, they would have burnt, on, they would have burnt him at the stake because he was, you know, swearing, making people, like cadets, male, female cadets cry yeah. and all this sort of gear. So that would have been, obviously, wouldn't have been the deal today. No. But again, uh, that was kind of the the baptism of fire that we went through as cadets, and mate, we lived in fear of our lives as cadets because back then the newspaper was everything. The papers were at the peak of their powers, yeah. and I remember my first editor when I was a cadet or even copy boy was Roy Miller. Roy Miller was the editor of the Daily Telly, the Daily Mirror. Sorry, I was a Mirror cadet, afternoon edition cadet. And I remember we were taught, drummed into us, check it, check it, check it again, and then check it once more. Because I never forget, I remember what, there was a mistake or something we made in the paper. And they said, and Roy Miller said, I can't call back 500,000 copies of the paper, mate. I can't go and change it all. Yeah. And I never forgot it. So even today, I'm a real stickler for checking stuff, checking facts and making sure I got it right because there was the worst feeling in the world yeah. knowing you made a mistake that was in the paper. Uh, I mean, we could probably digress into that whole uh, the fear versus versus learning because I, I I never really had a problem with it, with mm. the, the concept of, of, of the fear yeah. of doing something wrong Work because hard every time yeah. I did something wrong, there yeah. was a repercussion. Absolutely, mate. And Me too. I that I doesn't exist not, today. I tried not to do it again. Yeah, same. Same deal. And it was, you know, obviously now it's different. I think the, the whole HR department and how it's sort of workplace relations have got to be and and it's probably done a little differently now. And I'm not saying standards have slipped, but, mate, I, I pick up the paper occasionally and notice all kinds of things in the paper. <laughs> like, I'm thinking, how did that get in there? Like, yeah. like I, I'm... I'm being that that was the difficulty for me when I started Tech Guide was I'm coming from being a newspaper trained journalist to going online. Yeah. That was the steepest learning curve of my career. Did you ever did you ever going work, from what, that. what did you do? Did you ever have a job outside of cadetship before uh, that? No. Yeah. So you haven't no, worked, straight, mate, straight you've out done of nothing other than media. I was school, right? HSC, yep. November '85. Yep. A week later, I'm working at News Limit as a yep. copy boy, yep. and then so six months later, I'm a cadet. So the only other job I had was playing footy. I was pr- at one point earning more money playing footy than I was as a cadet. That's how that's how shit our pay was when we were cadet journalists. My South's contract was twice as much what I was earning at News Limited. And this was before yeah. football yeah. contracts before, were before worth anything. Su- before Super League, exactly, yeah. mate. No, my contract at, at South was decent, and and yeah, you know, was was way better than the rubbish I was earning as a cadet at at, at News at the time. It was uh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, because it, it was a while before I got into the media. Because uh, I worked at Sutton City Holden, yeah. down at Rosebury. Yeah, there's your interesting cars. Was born early there. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And then Deloitte Touche Tomatsu was an accountancy firm in yeah, the city. Right. 
Uh, I know it was originally Dewsbury's and then Dulit Touche Tomatoes, like just in the mailroom, copy boy. Yeah. Uh, you know, literally photocopiers. I remember we had a we had a photocopy that would fit in this room, <laughs> and you know, Big it Xerox. was it was a massive thing because it did yeah. the it it did it did double sided. It did maybe it did color. I don't know, yeah. but, but it did you know uh, sorting and stapling and that yeah. stuff. While now comes in little ones that used exactly, to be a whole room yeah, full of thing, well. right? I remember being a copy boy was kind of simple. I was an office boy. Like you go out, you buy people coffee. Yeah, you buy. I remember having to go. Roy Miller, remember the editor from the Mirror. He he sent me up to. He wanted his lunch from the David Jones Food Hall, of course. And I went, okay, I'll go. I'll go. That's half. I'll go to the city. Buy your lunch yeah, yeah. out of the office. And I remember fo- going to the David the David Jones Food Hall, not finding what I could what he wanted, actually buying it from somewhere else and putting it in a David Jones. <laughs> So he sort of think, oh, good, oh, good job, mate. He didn't know he wasn't eating a David Jones food hall uh, that's food brilliant. item. That's brilliant. But, um, yeah. Well, we should uh, we should turn it over. I mean, I know we we have to probably next week dedicate it to Star Wars, I guess, <laughs> because we have we well, did. One, there were a couple we, of people that mentioned. Can it, I just? Uh, but we one, probably need some suggestions. One quick Star Wars what I'm thing. Saying. I get asked this question about Star Wars a lot. Yeah. Not why do I like Star Wars, but how do I watch Star Wars? So people new to Star Wars, they ask me. How should I watch them? One, oh, yeah, the order, episode yeah, yeah. one through, or the order they're made? And so my you, answer is the order they're made. Yes. So don't watch them in order of episodes. Yeah, start at four, start five, at four six, five, six. One, two, three. Go back to the prequels. Seven, eight, nine. And then go the other one. Because doing that is, if you watch one, two, and three, and then go into Star Wars cold, you're going to miss out on the biggest revelation of the whole nine movies is Luke, uh, you know, Yes, I'm yes. your father. Right. right, okay, yeah. So that's that's gone. You go, oh, yeah, I knew that. Uh, the other right. thing you miss out too is if you, when you meet Yoda in Empire Strikes Back, because in Empire Strikes Back, which is the 40th anniversary, by the way, yesterday, 40th anniversary of its release, yep. when Luke goes to Dagobah, to, you remember Ben Kenobi says, you must go to the Dagobah system. There you will learn from Yoda. And then he goes, okay, I'm going to Dagobah. Then he lands, he crashes, X-Wing crashes, and then this little green creature says... You know, why are you here? And then he goes, I'm here looking for a great warrior. He goes, oh, warriors not make one great. And then he goes, I'm looking for Yoda. He goes, oh, Yoda, you seek Yoda. He goes, you know him? He goes, yes, I'll take you to him. And you're thinking, oh, we're going to meet Yoda. But if you've watched one, two, and three, you think, that's Yoda. That's lost on you. Oh, you know what I mean? Right. Yoda's in one, two, and three. You think, okay, yeah, I know you're Yoda. So if you don't, if you don't know that, you're thinking, oh, wow, who's this little bloke? Oh, that's Yoda. Holy shit. So that you lose okay. that as well, you know. Yeah, there's yeah. The, that whole thing—they're the biggest thing, especially in Empire Strikes Back, and even in, even Star Wars, where you're thinking, "Who's this bloke? Luke? He's on this planet with his, his uncle and auntie. What the hell happened there?" Like you, you, that's part right. of the appeal—is that you? Who is this bloke? If you watch one, two, and three, you think, "Yeah, I know who he is. Okay. I know what he's going to do." Sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, it's just such a fascinating <laughs> thing. I'm just trying to stop everyone from doing this. <laughs> All well, right. that's my advice. If you want to, if you're Star Wars watching it for the first time, if you've for some reason you've been in a cave for 45 years yep. and haven't watched Star Wars, that's how you should watch it: four, five, and six, then one, two, three, and then go seven, eight, nine. All right, we'll be back next week. Bye, Stephen. See you, mate.